Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom. Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler. How are you? I'm good. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? Absolutely. All right, let's give it a whirl. Okay, and I just want to say thank you to all the listeners all over the world and all over the United States. We're very excited to have you joining us. Yes, it is very exciting. Uh, So happy to see how much this podcast is growing in such a short amount of time. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening and telling your friends about us. And uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, the way that it works is that in a moment, I will give the astrological birth data of a random historical figure to my mom. Uh, Now you, the listening audience, already know who this historical figure is. It is in the title of today's episode. I, of course, already know because I selected this mystery history guest, uh, but Mom has no idea who this person could be. Uh, So I will give her the uh, birth data necessary to create a chart, uh, that is the birth date, time, and location of this random historical figure. She will then input that into the bat computer, and out will come the natal chart, exactly where all the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment that person was born. Uh, She will then give us a blind astrological reading of uh, the personality traits, characteristics, fortunes of this mystery history guest. Uh, I will ask a few discussion questions, and then I will reveal to her who our mystery history guest is, Uh, give a little bit of background about the person, and then we will discuss how accurate the chart was at uh, predicting who this person was. Uh, So without further ado, let us begin. Okay. Uh, This is a female. All right. uh, Born on the 7th of May mm-hmm. 1919. Ooh. All right. Do we have a birth time on this one? Uh, we do. Um. Not exactly sure how accurate it is, but uh, I think it's better than uh, nothing, so we'll go with 5.13 a.m. All right, and where? Uh, Argentina. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. And town? Uh, Los Toldos. Okay, Buenos Aires. All right, exciting. So again, this is a female born May seventh, nineteen nineteen, five thirteen a.m., 
Los Toldos, Buenos Aires, Argentina. All right. Okay. Interesting. Ooh, okay. Uh, wow. Uh, definitely not a person to be messed with. Mm. Uh, very, uh, Taurus-y. <laughs> okay, so this person, uh, I'm just going to start with the first house, okay? And having, nor- uh, let me, uh, the ascendant is in Aries at 29 degrees. So that's right on the cusp of Taurus and Aries, okay? And that 29 degrees, as I always say, is known uh, throughout astrology as the degree of sorrow. So interesting that it is the first house cusp. Um, This person has a sun conjunct Mars in Taurus in the first house. So... Uh, I would imagine that this person was, uh, I would say beautiful, um, having that first house in Taurus ruled by Venus, but could also have been Amazonian, (laughs) kind of Amazonian. Uh, this would be, um, a person who is very, very, very dedicated and very driven. Uh, if you can see that sun is at 15 degrees and Mars is at 16 degrees, they are pretty much ex- as close to exactly conjunct as they can be in that first house. So this person uh, also... Everything about their personality and how people see them, I would assume that this person would appear very driven, mm-hmm. uh, very uh, focused on what they wanted to do. Okay. They also have Venus and Gemini in the second house. So this person would have loved beautiful things would have had beautiful things and would have, I I would assume, had the means to acquire them. Because having Venus in the second house gives you uh, the benefit of material things. Um, having Venus in Gemini in the second house would have given this person uh an ability to communicate with people in a way that would have uh been i want to say almost magical Mm -hmm. um that this person is very capable of communicating like communicating love communicating i don't know Mm -hmm. okay Uh, Third house is uh, Cancer, and this person has Pluto in at four degrees Cancer and Jupiter at 11 degrees Cancer. So not conjunct by exact degree, but definitely conjunct. And that Pluto conjunct Jupiter is powerful benevolence. And in this um, third house, which is communications again, that's also like, wow, this, I mean, it's giving me chills right now to think about how powerful a communicator this person would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I want to say like love, mm-hmm. like communicating love. Uh, very interesting. I mean, because that cancer with that Jupiter and cancer with Pluto, they're powerful benevolent nurturing communication okay now we go to the fourth house which is ruled by leo 
where this person has their Neptune, their moon, and their Saturn. Okay, so uh, bah, 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 bah. Neptune at six degrees zero, moon at 20 degrees, I mean Leo, I'm trying to say, uh, Neptune at six degrees Leo, moon at 20 degrees Leo, and Saturn at 21 degrees Leo. So that moon and Saturn conjunct in the fourth house. Hmm. That's something. Because the moon and all of these planets in Leo are all about leadership, leadership in the home, leadership in your country, leadership in your community, some kind of leadership, mm -hmm. okay, around home or mm, community, home, country, all of these things. And it's lessons. Having that moon conjunct Saturn is lessons in emotion and lessons in your, from your mother. Saturn conjunct Leo would be maybe even controlling mother or this person had control as a mother. But with Neptune there, that leads kind of a, an imagination, a, a, a dreamlike quality, like somehow, like, you know, like I hear like Martin Luther King, I have a dream, you know, mm -hmm. like, like this person would have had a very emotional connection to home and country and, and their dreams for this. Mm -hmm. Does any of this make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Then we have uh, Virgo on the fifth house with no planets there. Sixth house is Libra, no planets there. Seventh house is Scorpio with no planets there. But eighth house is uh, Sagittarius. So North Node and Sagittarius in the eighth house. Oh, my Lord. Um, legacy as... Uh, legacy as like riding into it, you know, like very independent, but riding straight into it, whatever it is. And Huntress, like, um, you know, just that Huntress soul, uh, and, and legacy and, 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 uh, inheritance or, um, also, you know, eight house is ruled by Pluto, which is power, death and rebirth. I'll come back to that. Uh, ninth house ruled by Capricorn. Interesting. That would have been a very dogmatic type of philosophy. Capricorn is very within the line structure, uh, structure for philosophies and structure for religion and structure lots of structure around those things then 10th house ruled by aquarius with uranus at one degree pisces so very late in the 10th house the house changes to pisces that having uranus in pisces is also that very dreamlike um almost like you 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 have this fantasy world dream of how you want things to be but very humanitarian and this is your career like this is your goal in life like you want to um do very humanitarian and 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 unexpected and, 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 and unique and unusual and not the norm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just not normal. Not, not how people see this as normal, almost like purposely being out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the next house is the 11th house. And that is on that cusp is Pisces and 11th house has Chiron there. But Chiron is an Aries, so it's very late where the house changes, the house cup changes, and 
in the 11th house. And that 11th house of Pisces is also very, uh, all this dreamy creativity, this um, very driven to pursue the dream or the uh, imagination, maybe very creativity, maybe very creative. This person maybe was extremely creative um, in a dreamlike fashion, like to follow the dream. And having this Chiron in Aries would mean possibly having to deal with war, uh, maybe in early life. And then, or all those Aries things, like having to deal with warlike things or, or Amazonian behavior or something along this line where it was um, a wounded healer, wounded by this warlike situation in in groups and crowds, right? Because it's the 11th house. So it's warlike behavior in the 11th house of groups and, 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 and societies and civilization, and then healing it, like healing this from that destruction. Am I still on track? Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, then 12th house, the house of karma, we have uh venus no sorry the mess up <laughs> never mind not sure what my mind went there uh we have uh mercury in aries so 12th house have again all of this communication ability uh this person has great ability to lead through their communication skills their karma is to somehow communicate about warlike things. Mm -hmm. um, Aries, driven, the god of war, okay? So somehow this person karmically has to negotiate or speak about the war i don't know uh, this is a very very amazing woman mm -hmm. uh i would be in awe of her mm -hmm. i would truly just want to bask in this woman's energy she is so intense but in a way that is like nurturing and benevolent but dangerous like she could be dangerous mm -hmm. with her with her drive towards this dream existence that she wants to have happen so uh yeah that midhaven and aquarius capricorn aquarius it's very humanitarian very her like her career is about humanity um, do you have any questions? Yeah. Um, what profession would you think this person should go into? Well, I would assume having that Aquarius on the 10th house, something that has to do with humanitarianism, mm -hmm. something that has to do with, um, with Helping the people become better, more futuristic, more uh, like unique ideas to help the people. Um, I mean, she's born in 1919, so not sure how much power she can have at that point. But she has a lot of power and... She's definitely a leader in her community. So mm -hmm. some sort of leader. I mean, she's very creative, but she has so much power. I wouldn't think she would be like a performer. I mean, she doesn't really have. Why not? Um, I mean, she has Virgo on the fifth house, but I don't know. I mean, she's a very unique person. This is an extremely unique person. But she does all have all those planets in Leo in the fourth house, which could be uh, 
which could give you that performance uh child uh almost childlike uh behavior um third house she has pluto and jupiter in the third house i don't know i i wouldn't see this person necessarily as a right as a as a as, a, as an actor but i mean maybe they could be they don't have what's what i normally look for in an actor you know which is a heavy fifth house they do have sun conjunct mars in the first house which could make them very appealing you know to audiences mm-hmm. so possibly but they could have it, with this chart, if this person was merely an actor, I would think they would definitely use that to do the other stuff mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to help humanity. <laughs> like, it, it, it's not enough that this person would just be an actor, I wouldn't think. But maybe they, you know, maybe they didn't, they didn't follow that path. Mm-hmm. This is a very powerful person. Mm-hmm. Um, who would this person be attracted to in a romantic partner? A very manly man. <laughs> manly man. Mars and Taurus? Are you kidding me? That's almost like a centaur. <laughs> like, that is a very manly man. So, yeah. Very, very powerful earthy man Rawr. this man growls uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um can you tell anything about uh her finances i would think her finances were really good i mean she has uh venus in gemini in the second house so i would think that her finances were very good And any ideas on how she would uh, spend that money? I would think she would spend it on everything she wanted. Mm -hmm. I would think having Venus in the second house, but it is in Gemini. And Geminis are notorious for not, not so much about the stuff, but more about the, the, the cerebral things, you know, maybe books, like maybe she would have mountains of books uh things like that uh but i mean venus in the second house even if it is in gemini normally means you have you have money to burn i mean i would i would think Hmm. um how would uh how would people react to her i think they would love her i think they would adore her i think that uh, well, I mean, she has Sun conjunct Mars in the first house, so she could be considered by, uh, probably man, as very threatening. Mm. So, I mean, I would adore her. <laughs> I think I would completely adore her. I would be mesmerized by her. But I think that she could make men uncomfortable with her amount of power mm-hmm. and her cavalier way of using it. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't something in that day and age that should be done by women. Mm-hmm. And how would she feel about people? I think she loves people very much. I think she's very dedicated to her home and her community and her country and her house. Her moon is in the fourth house, which makes in Leo, which makes her uh, like a lioness in her home area. Uh, She does have Saturn conjunct her moon in Leo. So there is some there's lessons. There's lessons for her to learn regarding her level of emotion around the home and the community. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. She's also got that Neptune there, which makes her very dreamlike in this way that she leads. It's, it's imagination and, 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 and psychic ability and uh, all of those things that are uh, part of the cosmic realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neptune. 
Uh, are there uh, any other insights that you can uh, get out of the chart that you haven't said already? Well, I mean, she definitely has most of her planets in the bottom half of the chart. So I would say she was grounded, even though she has all this imagination. She was pretty grounded. Um, not so much, not so ethereal that she she's a very tangible person. She's very hands-on. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. Well, I think uh, we are ready for our uh, summary of uh, what we found from the chart. Uh, so the first thing you said was beautiful and uh, Amazonian. Uh, she's dedicated, driven, focused on her goals. Uh, she loved beautiful things. Uh, she had an ability to communicate with people in a magic way and communicated love to people. Uh, there's a powerful benevolence, nurturing communication, leadership in the community, in the nation, in the home. Uh, there are lessons with emotions. Uh, there's a dreamlike quality to her, uh, bringing up something like Martin Luther King, I have a dream for people. Uh, there's a legacy and that she rides straight into that legacy. Uh, there's a dogmatic philosophy and religion is very important, a structure with religion and philosophy. A very humanitarian career. Uh, humanitarianism is the goal in life. Uh, she is out there, and she is out there on purpose. Uh, extremely creative in a dreamlike way. Uh, something dealing with war. A warlike behavior with crowds and healing the crowds with warlike behavior. Uh, lead through communication. Communicate about war. Bask, people bask in her energy. A very humanitarian, helping the people to progress. 
uh, possible performance tendencies, uh, but using acting as an ability to uh, enable to help humanity. Uh, attracted to a manly man. Uh, there, there are good things with finances. She uh, has wealth, and she will spend it on whatever she wanted to. Um, people, the crowds, uh, humans, people would adore her. Um, she lo- and she loves the people. People love her, and she loves the people. Uh, and she is grounded, a, a hands-on person. Uh, anything that I've left out. I just want to say on that 11th house, that uh, Chiron in Aries, that wounded healer, this is uh, like experiencing what war might have been like. And then in turn, from that experience, healing the people from what they have been through in war. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant by that. Okay. Um. Well, uh, would you like to know whose chart you've been reading? Yes. This is the astrological birth chart of Avita Perone. Ooh! Yes, I love her. She yeah. is a magical being. <laughs> uh, so, uh, This is, of course, one of the uh, women who was portrayed uh, by Madonna in the uh, musical written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. I promise we will get to all of Madonna's film roles uh, through the uh, course of the podcast. Uh, We'll be uh, very interested in looking at the chart of Breathless Mahoney. Um, But for now, we will uh, tackle the life of Evita. Uh, so she was born uh, Eva Maria Duarte on the 7th of May, 1919, in the Pampas region of Argentina. Uh, she was at least supposed to have the last name Duarte. That is what her uh, father's name was. Uh, but she was an Ill- illegitimate child. Uh, so uh, her father had a whole nother family in another town. And then in uh, Los Toldos had this other family with uh, several other siblings. Um, and uh, this was, uh, he was a very successful rancher, but uh, this family was not very well supported. Uh, grew up in a very poor, destitute uh, uh, conditions in uh, the uh, rural region of Argentina. And after a few years, the father left to go back to the legitimate family and never returned and never helped out um, uh, Eva's family. And there was a great stigma that uh, her family grew up with. Um, Lots of people considered uh, Eva's mother to be a prostitute. Uh, And the family... uh, Grew up uh, hand to mouth. Um, the mother would uh, take in sewing uh, uh, just to try and make the ends meet. Um, and through this very hard uh, childhood, Ava had her eyes on the stars. Uh, she was completely captivated by the movies. Uh, she would go and see uh, films anytime that she could. Uh, she would see the American films, the Argentine uh, films, anything she could watch. And she had the goal in life. She wanted to be the Argentine Norma Scherer. Uh, and uh, at the age of 15, uh, she left her home and traveled to Buenos Aires, Uh, to pursue her career in acting. Uh, This was a journey of 150 miles, but it might as well have been a whole other world. Uh, Buenos Aires at this time was the second largest city in the Western Hemisphere, uh, second only to New York. Uh, It was considered the Paris of South America. Uh, So to come from her rural uh, destitute conditions to this hub of uh, culture and uh, coffee shops and theaters and movie houses and uh, all of it at her feet um, was truly uh, life-changing. Uh, it was very hard uh, the first years that she was in Buenos Aires, and uh, uh, but she was able to get some acting roles uh, and started climbing her way up through uh, stage roles and uh, getting parts in B-movies. 
uh, and she uh, eventually got onto radio plays and was on literal soap operas, uh, so radio shows that were sponsored by soap companies. Uh, and uh, she uh, eventually got great success playing uh, in a uh, radio show called Great Women of History, uh, where she would play people like Catherine the Great and uh, Queen Elizabeth I. And all of this success put her on a collision course uh, to meet uh, one of the most uh, powerful officers in the new uh, Argentine regime, mm-hmm. uh, Colonel Juan Perón. Uh, well, in 1944, there was a, a traumatic earthquake that struck uh, San Juan, Argentina. Uh, it uh, disrupted the lives of thousands, killed, uh, maimed hundreds of people in San Juan. Um, and Juan Perón uh, was the uh, Secretary of Labor under the new regime. And so uh, he took it upon himself to organize the relief efforts to get donations and funds uh, to go to the people of San Juan. And uh, part of that uh, organization was uh, to hold this grand gala in which all the biggest stars of Argentina would be there. And that is where he met uh, uh, Eva Duarte. Uh, they quickly hit it off. They were uh, completely uh, captivated by each other. And uh, within a matter of days, uh, Evita went to the home of Juan Perón, kicked out uh, the mistress that was living there, uh, (laughs) sent her away, and she moved in. Uh, She uh, was uh, Juan Perón's uh, mistress and uh, moved into his apartment and moved into his life. Uh, She would serve coffee to the other officers who would come uh, to hold their cabinet meetings in uh, Juan Perón's office. And then she would just stay and listen and uh, be a part of all of these meetings. And uh, the other officers in the regime did not like uh, and were quite threatened by this uh, young woman listening in on uh, all of these things. Uh, But they were too afraid to uh, speak up to Juan Perón about this. And so she just stayed and listened in and uh, would tell uh, Juan Perón what she thought of uh, uh, you know, what should be done uh, for the people of Argentina. And Juan Perón quickly realized the power that she had with the people, that uh, she could communicate his message uh, to the people of Argentina. Uh, The followers of Juan Perón uh, were called the shirtless ones. Uh, They were the common people. Uh, Perón set himself against the uh, ruling class, the rich elites of Argentina, and that played right into Eva, as none of them ever gave her uh, her due credit because she was an illegitimate uh, child from the streets. Uh, So they formed this relationship together and uh, uh, at least on Eva's part was very much focused on uh, benefiting the people, the common people of Argentina. Uh, So uh, she started to, uh, she got a role in a, uh, really a radio show that was created for her to dramatize what Colonel Perón was doing on behalf of the people. Uh, Everyone listened to the show, loved uh, Evita, and uh, the people in the government started to realize that Juan and Evita were becoming more powerful than they wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the uh, president uh, had Juan Perón uh, uh, arrested and uh, put in prison. And uh, all of uh, Evita's contracts with the radio companies were uh, disbanded. Uh, She had no more livelihood. She was completely kicked out uh, to the streets. And uh, no one wanted to have anything to do with her because she was linked to this now political enemy of the regime. Uh, And what happens next? Uh, There are a few conflicting stories. Um... I'll give you the version first that uh, is the uh, more fantastic version, and the version according to Juan Perón and Andrew Lloyd Webber is uh, Evita then uh, mobilized thousands, uh, 250, 350,000 people, the shirtless ones. Uh, She did it all on her own, organized these people to go to uh, the Capitol, to go to uh, the House of Government, and to demand that Juan Perón be released from prison. 
this, uh, if anyone is familiar with the uh, musical, is when uh, she sings uh, uh, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Uh, now, that's not exactly how we think it actually happened. That is something that probably Juan Perón created in order to capitalize on the popularity that she would later have. At this point, she's not even married to Juan Perón. She is uh, just an actress, a very well-known actress who has a, a special magic with the people, but she was going door to door to to supporters, and they were kicking her out and sometimes violently throwing things at her because they did not want to be uh, the next to be put in prison. They didn't want to be the next ones to have uh, the regime come after them. But there was this groundswell of support uh, that came, and there were 350,000 people in the streets of Buenos Aires demanding that Juan Perón get released, and that is what happened. Uh, after Juan Perón was released, the next year he ran for president and won uh, the presidency of Argentina, and uh, Evita became the first lady of Argentina and uh, uh, gained uh, uh, even more fame than she already had. Um, upon becoming president, uh, the uh, regime in Spain uh, uh, asked uh, Juan Perón to come on an official state visit. Uh, Juan Perón was very uh, uh, knowledgeable about how this would play on the international stage, did not want to be uh, linked to the fascist Spanish regime, and uh, so uh, he decided to turn it down. Evita said, well, if you're not going to go, I will go, and I will show to the rest of the world what Argentina has to offer. And uh, so she went uh, on this whirlwind trip, it's called the Rainbow Tour, uh, to Europe. And uh, so she went and uh, visited uh, Franco, Spain. And uh, for those of you listening, I would like to report that Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. Uh, so uh, that's for all of you Weekend <laughs> Update Chevy Chase fans out there. Uh, original Saturday Night Live. Uh, but uh, so she went uh, to see Generalissimo Francisco Franco, and she went uh, all over Europe. She went to Italy. She went to France. She went to uh, Switzerland. And uh, because of Franco's politics, uh, her reception was... Uh, very conflicted. Uh, so once she actually got into a room with people, they were captivated just as the people of Argentina were. Um, but Franco, uh, this is after World War II, and Franco is the leader of Argentina, and Franco was very friendly to uh, the Nazis who were escaping uh, justice. Uh, and so uh, Joseph uh, Mengele and all these horrible war criminals were given a welcome, uh, a, a home welcome to uh, Argentina by Juan Perón. Uh, so mm -hmm. all the people in Europe who had just gone through all of the horrors of World War II uh, at the hands of these Nazi criminals linked Juan Perón and linked Evita to the fascists and to the Nazis. Um, so there are some stories where she would go in and uh, people would throw things at her and people would throw tomatoes and rocks and things. Um, then there are other stories where she would go in, in Switzerland and some of the people would throw things at her, but some people would come up to the carriage and say, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life mm. uh, and be uh, completely captivated by her. Uh, she uh, would return to Argentina, and by this point, uh, most a lot of contemporaries and a lot of historians today would say that she was the most powerful woman in the world at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So uh, she used this power uh, to benefit the people. Uh, humanitarianism was very important to her. Uh, at this time, uh, the most powerful women's society in Argentina would automatically make the first lady of uh, Argentina, the president of their organization. At this time, because uh, Evita was an illegitimate child uh, and they saw her as this woman from the streets, uh, the Women's Society did not offer that position to her and did not let her into their society. So, oh my. So Evita made her own. Uh, she made the Eva Perón Foundation. She started it with uh, 10,000 pesos of her own money 
and uh, within a few years had amassed 3 billion pesos. Uh, She employed uh, 14,000 people, uh, gave uh, 400,000 pairs of shoes to needy people, uh, 500,000 sewing machines given to families, uh, 200,000 cooking pots given to families. Um, Thousands of homes, hospitals, schools uh, were all directly created because of the Eva Peron Foundation. Um, now, how all of this money was accumulated, uh, uh, it's a little iffy. Um, uh, Juan Perón being the president um, and being very friendly to uh, dictatorial regimes uh, would go into the trade unions and say, either you give this money to the foundation or we shut you down. Now, that is how the money was accumulated, but what Eva Perón decided to do with that money was very much her own decision, and the humanitarianism was very much on her own. So it is this mixed bag when you talk about Peronism in Argentina. Um, but from her standpoint, she is using this money that may have been gotten through uh, unsavory means to benefit the people the best that she can. Um she uh, and you know talking about you know the beautiful things she had dozens of cars dozens of furs and uh, uh mm-hmm. the nicest dresses from uh, the uh parisian uh, fashion markets and the nicest jewelry and uh, everything that you could imagine uh and uh, be, the 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 people just absolutely adored her. Uh, mm-hmm. She would have her office in the capital, and the people would wait uh, uh, hours, uh, lines stretching across the block, uh, for their moment to meet with her, and then uh, tell them uh, tell her what sh- what they needed, and then she would write a check right there to them uh, to get that to them. Uh, She would go into hospitals and she would kiss the lepers. Uh, She would uh, 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 hug the infirmed people, all these people with all their ailments. And people would say, you shouldn't do that. You'll get sick yourself. And she would go right in there and embrace the people. And the Mm. people embraced her right back. Um, She also used uh, her power to uh, uh, other political means. Uh, She uh, transformed the status of illegitimate children in Argentina, saying that they could no longer be called illegitimate, that they uh, would now be called natural children. Uh, And uh, she was... uh, uh, pretty important in uh, the gaining of women's suffrage in Argentina and uh, the foundation of uh, the first women's all women's party in uh, Argentina. And uh, the way that she put it was, you know, a lot of these husbands and a lot of the people, a lot of the men in Argentina were upset that their wives and daughters were out in the political arena now. Um, But she said um, that in order to progress, uh, some men may need to get used to cold stew. Uh, Her popularity soared, and in 1951, uh, the people want to draft her to be the vice presidential candidate. Uh, So Juan Perón and Evita Perón would be president and vice president of Argentina. Uh, There is a rally where over two million Argentinians gathered uh, to uh, clamor for her to become the vice president, uh, to run as vice president of Argentina. Um, she, uh, fate intervened and, and she had to decline that offer. Uh, she was, uh, beginning, uh, her road on, on a very, uh, horrible illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, she was, uh, diagnosed with cervical cancer, uh, oh, but no. this was hidden from her. Uh, they, the doctors told Juan Perón and Juan Perón did not tell her the disease that she had. Uh, throughout this time, she continued working long hours, uh, giving all that she could to the people of Argentina, still the long hours in her office of people lining up to meet with her. Um, she uh, uh, would continue uh, this downward trend uh, through uh, uh, the the disease, and uh, she would eventually, uh, Juan Perón, would have surgeons give her a lobotomy um, so that she couldn't recognize the pain that she was under. Um, Perón uh, was reelected the next year, and one of uh, Evita's uh, last uh, public appearances uh, was at the inaugural parade. Uh, At this time, she weighed 75 pounds. Uh, 
Lord. Uh, they strapped her to uh, the to be upright standing in the car because she was unable to support herself. So they oh. strapped her to the car, and she waved to the people, and uh, uh, the uh, the people had no idea. I mean, they understood that she was somewhat sick, but had no idea how close to the end she was. Uh, she uh, passed away on July 26, 1952, at 8.25 p.m. Uh, the news broadcast uh, for the next several years changed when they uh, uh, would uh, uh, broadcast the news. It would They would usually go on at 8.30, but for the next several years, they would go on at 8.25 to remember the moment that Evita passed away. Ugh. Um. Her funeral was attended by three million people. Mm. Uh, hundreds uh, uh, were injured. Eight were killed in the rush to see uh, where she was buried and the rush to see her body and pay their final respects uh, to her. Uh, Juan Perón knew the, Im- the, the, the influence of Evita over the people, but actually at the funeral said that he didn't even know that they loved her this much. Uh, uh, Flowers were sent in from all over the country, from all over South America, uh, to remember uh, this, uh, uh, who Juan Perón actually named the the spiritual leader of Argentina. Uh, uh, Evita's legacy would go on uh, for... Uh, 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 decades uh, would be used uh, as a political rallying cry um, by the people who uh, supported Perón and uh, were against the uh, dictatorial military regimes of Argentina. And uh, uh, her legacy uh, continues to be known to this very day uh, for her humanitarianism and how much the people of Argentina loved her. I'm very emotional right now. This was a beautiful, beautiful, magical person. (sighs) Wow. Like an angel. Uh, Immediately following her passing, the uh, people of Argentina urged the Pope to make her a saint. I'm sure they did. She was saintly, whether he did it or not. Did he do it? I I don't think he did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did not. But it's okay because she's an angel anyway. So I did not know this many things about her. I mean, I knew kind of what you know they teach us in school, but you have really done a wonderful job Chandler telling this story it's a beautiful beautiful story about an incredible person well are there uh, any other things in the chart that uh, make more sense now that you know who it is yes there are having the uh, Saturn conjunct moon lessons with the mother and also um, she never had any children right so also you know, that that situation with her uh, being sick and, 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 you know, not being able to have children. Um, it's all very sad because, oh, my Lord, she would have been an incredible mother, you know, but she was too busy mothering an entire country. And that, that's what she said. She said that the poor and the destitute of Argentina are her children. My lord. Yeah, she is very, very, very amazing. And I mean, it, it just I just looking at her chart and understanding what kind of person this was, uh it's it's a very, very magical chart. It it it's very clear what we sh- what she was destined to do. And she clearly did it with vigor and gusto and her entire soul there is a a a whole nother a whole nother aspect about her life being that um well i guess not necessarily her life but what happened to her after she died uh that juan perone knew 
the uh, uh, symbol that she was, and so made sure that her body was embalmed in a way to where she would be the young 30, she was only 33 years old when she died, uh, would oh. be this person for ever and would always be linked to him. And so had this special, uh, uh, I, I guess, funeral, whoever does embalming, mortician, come in and do a whole special process on her. And um, uh, the the body was, was preserved, but very quickly Perone came out of favor, especially with the military and with no longer having a Vita there, um, he was forced to flee the country and uh, would spend the rest of the uh, 20 years in Spain. And uh, the uh, government figured out that the mortician had the body and did not want her body to become this great piece of uh, a symbol for uh, uh being against uh, the military regime and so they found uh, the body and they they stuck some government guy to go get it and he put it in this uh, bakery truck and he was going to go bury it in an unmarked grave in a cemetery oh, and uh, so he gets to the cemetery and he decides that he's uh, sleepy and so he takes a nap and when he wakes up there are flowers and candles all around the truck. <gasps> and the body's still in the truck. And so he goes and he drives uh, to another cemetery. And uh, the next night, again, he sleeps in the truck. And when he wakes up, there are flowers and candles everywhere. Uh, so he decides he he drives the back to his office and he sticks the body in the attic of his office and it stays there for a year oh my and then the government finds out about this and they fire him <laughs> and uh, they send the body to milan italy and it is buried in a, a under a different name in in italy for many years and then but avita's memory had so taken the the people of Argentina that uh, uh, her last speeches were used as rallying cries for decades. And uh, images of her, which the government had said, you can no longer have images of her. You can no longer, if you say the name Peron, you will be arrested. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, the supporters completely captivated by her memory, eventually, uh, held I, I i don't exactly remember what they hold for ransom but they get the argentinian soldiers the military to reveal where her body is and the body is exhumed and then sent to juan peron in spain mm-hmm. and there it is kept on the dining room table of their house and it is uh, okay and it is uh, juan peron's wife who uh has to or I, she brushes the hair of Vita every morning. Oh my! And then Juan per, the the uh, uh, Peronistas uh, become they come back into power in Argentina in 1973, and Juan Peron is brought back as president, and he becomes president in Argentina, and he leaves Vita's body in Spain. So then there is a whole nother. Uh, uh, thing where they hold one of the former president's bodies ransom so that they could get uh, Juan Perón's wife to get the body from Spain back over to Argentina. And when Juan Perón dies in, in 1974, there is a public ceremony where her uh, Evita's casket is held open and Juan Perón's casket is closed and it is supposed to be in a state mausoleum there. But then... Argentinian politics being what they are, the uh, uh, Juan Perón's wife is ousted out of government, and they decide that with Evita's body, they will give it and put it into the family uh, burial plot, and it is buried like some 20, 25 feet underground, under cement. It can no longer be uh, uh, taken out anymore, and that gravesite in Buenos Aires is decorated with flowers every day uh, to this very day. Wow, that is a very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
she might be the most popular corpse ever. It, it, yeah. And, and, and to, you know, it, and it speaks, you know, the, the story isn't just trivia. I mean, it, it speaks to the power that she had when she was alive. Uh, the power that she had over the people and the threat that she posed to people who opposed her. That is, uh, it's amazing that her journey was so short and that she only lived 33 years to be an archetype. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she, she's way beyond um, an actress or a politician. She's literally an archetype, which is amazing. Absolutely. Is there anything that you'd like to uh, add about the uh, the reading that we've done today? I think this is the most emotional reading we've done. And I feel so taken with her and um, so sad that this is how her life was. But at the same time, you know... Um, Sometimes people are sent just for a short period of time to do what they have to do. And I do engage the world. I, 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 again, want to add one more thing that I found out that uh, when the anti-Perone people came into power, they found all of the furs and all of the diamonds and all of the cars. And they took pictures of it and they showed it to the people of Argentina as a sign of, look, this woman was not so humanitarian. She had all of this wealth and all of these fancy things. And at a certain point, they found Evita's will, and she had willed all of the cars and all of the furs and all of the diamonds to be given to the people of Argentina. I cannot. I can't even. I'm mesmerized by this woman what a wonderful wonderful angelic soul and to have started out with such such difficulty but you know that's a lot of times how it works for an archetype <laughs> you know the hero's journey what an amazing phenomenal woman well, uh, absolutely. And I think uh, on our scale of uh, right on the money to way out in outer space, this chart is right on the money. This is absolutely who uh, Avita was. Uh, the humanitarianism, the, uh, the power, uh, the, the magic that she had with people all spelled out in the stars when she was born. It's so beautiful. This is my new favorite. <laughs> this is my new favorite episode. I don't know what's going to top this one, Chandler, but this one's really my new favorite. <laughs> well, uh, that concludes this episode of History in Retrograde. I'd like to uh, thank you all for uh, listening. And uh, if uh, you uh, like what you hear, uh, please uh, like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we also uh, have uh, an opportunity, if you really, really like us, uh, we um, have a uh, PayPal account. Uh, the uh, uh, link is in the description of the episode, and uh, anything that you could give would be very much appreciated. It would help us with getting uh, better equipment, uh, providing uh, better uh, quality shows to you, and uh, growing our audience in the future. Uh, so uh, if you uh, like what you hear, uh, consider uh, giving us uh, whatever you can. And, uh, well, I think uh, in conclusion, uh, as long as your uh, stars are aligned, your houses are in order, everything will be just fine. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. We love you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.